So I actually went to business school and I thought, what the heck am I going to found? I don't know what it is, but I'm going to study social <laughs> entrepreneurship and I'm going to spend the next couple of years in business school and I'm going to come out and start my own company. And so I actually wow. met my co-founder in business school and we spent like a semester working on the idea for Gifts for Good. Companies are only donating $18 billion a year to charity, but they're spending $100 billion on corporate gifts. So I thought like, wow. how do we get companies to take this budget and actually use it as like a force for good? Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here. Welcome to the final week of January and our kickoff to season five of the Lead With Your Brand podcast. We have an awesome guest on the show today. It is Laura Hertz, the co-founder and CEO of Gifts for Good, a socially conscious startup whose mission is to disrupt the world of business giving. But first, are you ready for the Lead With Your Brand New Year challenge? You know what? 2024 is your year to own your career, turn up the volume, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And now is the perfect time to use the five steps of the Lead With Your Brand system to build your winning personal and professional brand. Now, here's how you can take action with our challenge. First thing, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcasts because every week here in January, I need you to listen to the show and learn about one of our five steps to lead with your brand. Now, don't worry if you missed the first four weeks. You can always visit us at jasonpatria.com slash new year, where you can listen to all of the previous shows and grab your free downloadable worksheets so that you can take what you've heard and put it into action and build your brand. You will be able to go back and use all of those worksheets to go ahead and have your own draft of your very own brand book, which is going to guide how you're going to show up throughout 2024. Now, in addition, you're going to hear from amazing executives, leaders, and change makers from the worlds of tech, media, entertainment, and more as they share their best career advice and personal branding insights. So let's talk about your brand and the Lead With Your Brand New Year Challenge. I want you to ask yourself, in your career, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? That's right. Are you a boring old commodity like coffee that is just interchangeable with everybody else that has your same job title or even worse, you're just defined by your single sign-on or your employee ID number? Or are you seen as that super premium brand like Starbucks that people are willing to wait in line for 
pay more for, and even better yet, are constantly evangelizing about. So let's take a look at the five steps to lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. In week one, we talked all about super serving your super fans by defining your career audience. In week two, we talked all about being uniquely you by knowing what you stand for today. The third week was all about supersizing your brand by refining who you want to be. Last week, we talked about keeping up your signature image with a brand filter. And our final step number five is all about promoting the super premium you. That's right. Once you've done all of the work to be uniquely you, you've got to promote yourself. Now, here's what we know from great marketers. We need to see a marketing image anywhere from 5 to 15 times before we are even aware. That's right. When you are driving on the freeway, when you're commuting to work, you have to drive past that billboard for a new show on Netflix 5 to 15 times before you're even aware that there's a brand new show. And guess what? That is not even your intent to click through and watch it. It's just about the awareness. So here's the deal. If you're only talking about the great things you do once, maybe twice a year at your end of year performance conversation or that mid-year conversation, if you're lucky enough to have one, that is simply not enough. Guess what? You have got to be the chief marketing officer of your brand. Nobody else cares more about it than you. So let's talk about the three key elements to promoting the super premium you. The first one is all about advertising the message you control. The second one is all about endorsement and the value to being connected to important others. And the final one is all about word of mouth. So let's kick off thinking about advertising. You heard me right. You've got to advertise yourself. You have got to have your own billboard. You've got to have your own 30-second spot. You've got to have your own movie trailer. That's right. You have to focus on on the things where you control the message. So I want you to go to LinkedIn right now. If you don't have a photo there, guess what? That's like having a blank billboard that people are driving past. If you haven't filled out the About You section in LinkedIn, or you don't have your current job listed there, if you're not posting anything, you are giving away free advertising. Think of all of the other areas. When you show up on a Zoom meeting or a conference call. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be on camera all of the time, but guess what? If your default is never being on camera, you are invisible. So turn on that camera, introduce yourself, think about what you're going to say, and that is the importance of having that elevator pitch. Now, you know that elevator pitch is all about the notion if you were to get into the elevator with the CEO of your organization or that next hiring manager for that job and you had 30 seconds to ride up, would you be able to explain who you are and the value that you bring? So I want you to think about that elevator pitch. It needs to be quick. It needs to be pithy. And what it needs to do is have someone say, hmm, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. 
That's right. It isn't that you're going to rattle off an entire resume. You've got to get that great hook that says who you are and the value you add so that someone says, wow, I want to hear more. Tell me what does that mean? Tell me how you do it. You know what? Let's set up some time and have coffee. Now, I know we are interacting with people in all sorts of ways, so that elevator pitch needs to have some variations, right? It needs to be, how might you introduce yourself on that uh, Zoom conference call? How might you introduce yourself to a new colleague that's joined your company or a vendor or uh, a new boss? And it needs to be able to work in an electronic fashion. What is it going to say in the about you section of your LinkedIn or on your Instagram or Facebook profile or your short Twitter profile up at the top? Those are all places where you control the message. So I want you to be able to say something like I do. I can come out and say, hey, I'm Jason Patria and I'm a personal branding expert, a diversity advocate, and I'm a keynote speaker and I'm on a mission to help America's workforce find their true brand voice, and bring their best authentic selves to work every single day. Now, guess what? I have a whole bunch of variations on that. Sometimes I need to say I'm a speaker, facilitator, and a consultant because people just need the basics of those things. Sometimes I might say, hey, I'm here to drive workforce engagement by helping your employees find their true brand voice and bring their best authentic selves to the table every single day. But they all have that same message and show the value where someone comes in and says, wow, that's really interesting. Tell me more. Now, visit us at jasonpatria.com slash new year because I've got the perfect elevator pitch worksheet for you to focus on, which is going to close out your brand book. Now, advertising is just part of it. The second piece is all about endorsement, and that is why you've got to have a great network. Now, it isn't just about knowing everybody. It's about quantity as well as quality. Now, specifically, when we think of endorsement, these are important people that are well-known and are in rooms that you aren't in. You want important people, whether they're executives or thought leaders in your industry, to be able to advocate for you and endorse you in those rooms that you are not in. So here's your action item. I want you to think about who's really important in your network. Who are those movers and shakers? And are you creating a plan throughout 2024 to keep in touch with them? No, this doesn't mean you need to be best friends with them. No, this does not mean you should go out and stalk them. But you should have ticklers on your Outlook calendar so that you can reach out to them. You should prioritize going to events or meetings where you're going to rub elbows with them, and you need to be prepped with your most current elevator pitch and your roster of big wins so that when they talk about you, they're talking about you in the current, present, and future tense and not about projects that you worked on years and years ago when you might have first met them. It's all about endorsement from influential others. And guess what? The final one is word of mouth. That is what people say about you when you are not in the room. That's what people say about you sometimes when when they don't even know who you are, they just know your reputation. Now, let's be honest, peeps. This is the hardest one because it is all 
about your actions and behaviors. You've got to show up on brand every single day. And guess what? We're all human. So when you show up off brand, figure it out, catch yourself, course correct, get back on brand, and most importantly, go out and tell people, apologize, thank them for seeing you in a different light because great brands that own up and get back on track are brands that people trust. Well, we've got a great show for you today. I've got Laura Hertz, who is the co-founder and chief executive officer of Gifts for Good, which is an innovative, millennial-driven, and socially conscious startup whose mission is to disrupt the world of business gifting. Now, prior to co-founding Gifts for Good, Laura served as the creative director of cultural outreach, where she helped mortgage and real estate professionals better reach and serve the next generation of multi cultural and millennial home buyers through cutting edge training, marketing, and diversity recruitment solutions. She also served as an audit senior associate at Deloitte, where she helped to mitigate potential risks within client accounting, internal control, and operating procedures for leading financial institutions, including Charles Schwab and Bank of America. Now, her work has been featured in Inc., U.S. News and World Report, CNBC, and even the Today Show. And in 2020, Laura was named as a Forbes magazine 30 under 30 in the social entrepreneur category. We'll be back in just a few moments with Laura Hertz, the co-founder and chief executive officer of Gifts for Good. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. We have a spectacular guest with us today. It is Laura Hertz, the co-founder and chief executive officer of Gifts for Good. Laura, what is going on? I am so happy to be here. I'm in LA. We have rain, so it's a good day over here. Uh, (laughs) And excited to be here with you. (laughs) Well, I'm sure everybody else is saying it's a bad day when it rains in LA. But Laura, I'm glad that you are thinking of ecology and all of those good things that we need. Always. We need to. We need it. And I'm from New York, so secretly I love when it rains. (laughs) Yes, and you're from Gifts for Good, so it's all about doing good in the world. And and, uh, rain is certainly good. So Laura, talk to me when you first meet people, right, as a co-founder and a CEO, how do you introduce yourself and let people know who you are and what it is that you do? I always say um, we're gifts for good. I think our name says a lot. All of our gifts give back. They support charitable causes around the world. Um, and we offer both consumer and corporate gifts with a um, give back component. So I usually need to explain what that means because our products are made by nonprofits and social enterprises. And po- most people don't really understand kind of that concept. So yeah. for example, we might have cutting boards that are handmade on Skid Row in downtown Los Angeles by people transitioning out of homelessness, or we might have candles that are actually 
handmade by women refugees who've recently resettled in the U.S. So our gifts do a lot more than just give back a percent to charity. They really are impacting people's lives and providing them with uh, second opportunities. So uh, we love what we do. Yes, and I love what you do because I have leveraged gifts for good for the past several years as my official uh, gifting for all of my clients. And I know that everyone just raves around how great not only the products are, but how great it makes them feel to be doing things that are helping, you know, folks from traditionally marginalized communities. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And thank you for being a client. I think best part is really every gift tells a story. So you know, as a customer, but everything comes with a little social impact story card. Usually you'll see a photo of one of the makers on the front and really get to read about the impact of it on the back. So I think that storytelling is everything, especially when you give a corporate gift, right? We're not not really having those tchotchkes or edible arrangements. These are things that are really telling a story and impacting people's lives. Exactly. Getting away from all that stuff that we just throw in the trash anyways, right? Um, yes. It's all about doing good. Now, Laura, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is you have such an interesting career. I mean, you have kind of like worked in the <laughs> consulting world. You've worked in the nonprofit yep. world. You're now, you know, an entrepreneur, a co-founder and a CEO. When you look back over your career, mm-hmm. what have been some of those key moments that helped you sort of have career breakthroughs that led you to the work that you're doing now? So I graduated from UC Berkeley, as you might guess. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I did a lot of work <laughs> as a... Yeah, go Cal, go Bears. Um, but as a young adult before Berkeley, I worked with AmeriCorps for a couple of years. So I was in a program called the National Civilian Community Corps. And I volunteered with 18 to 24-year-olds. And we did community service work all across the country. I did uh, post-Katrina recovery work. I taught in the inner city schools here in L.A., Um, I worked at um, a food bank up in Sacramento. So just really diverse experiences that were amazing and just taught me, I think, a lot about what it's like to um, really not have enough and how grateful I am just to have food in my belly and a roof over my head and like the simple things you kind of take for granted if you had it growing up. And um, then I went to Berkeley and I kind of did that path that a lot of people do after graduating from undergrad. Um, my dad and my sister had worked at the big four accounting firms and they told me it would be a great place to start and grow my career. And so I took a job at one of them and I had absolutely no passion for what I was doing. Um, and that was super, super difficult because I was working like 90 hours a week, um, staring at an Excel spreadsheet and a lot of the times in a room with no windows. So as you can imagine, like it was nice and I had a nice paycheck and corporate benefits yeah. and all those things. But I think really foundational to who I am was I just had to make that decision to like go and, and quit my job and get back to really what I had always wanted to do as a young adult and what I knew really brought me passion and helped me to like kind of work hard, which was serving other people. So I really thought long and hard about like, what did that mean? How do I get back to that? And I had gone and studied uh, business and undergrad at Berkeley. And again, before that was kind of with AmeriCorps. And so what I had always wanted to do is like, how do I take business and use it as a force for good? And like, Uh. what can I do to kind of bring these things together? And um, in AmeriCorps, one of the cool things that I saw was a lot of these nonprofits, especially in 2008, they were starting to actually make and sell products to help fund their missions. And that was really core to getting through like that financial crisis for a lot of these nonprofits. They had a revenue stream for the first time. So 
I actually went to business school and I thought, what the heck am I going to found? I don't know what it is, but I'm going to study social <laughs> entrepreneurship and I'm going to spend the next couple of years in business school and I'm going to come out and start my own company. And so I actually wow. met my co-founder in business school and we spent like a semester working on the idea for Gifts for Good. Companies are only donating $18 billion a year to charity. But they're spending $100 billion on corporate gifts. So I thought, like, wow. how do we get companies to take this budget and actually use it as like a force for good? So we pitched the idea at that into business school. And you know when you just know you have something great? Like, you have like dozens of people walking up to you. They're like, I hate corporate gifts. My company does this. And people were just <laughs> resonating with it. And my co-founder and I just really looked at each other. And we were like, I think we have something cool. Like, maybe we should work on this as a, as a business idea. So... Here I am, you know, seven years later, we have a real business and a company and uh, we get to impact people's lives across 50 countries and uh, or 50 states and 72 countries, actually. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a fun journey. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you make it sound all so easy, but take no. me back because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of folks that are working in jobs that they don't love, right? Yes, so what 100%. Was- what was that moment that you were able to say, I need to give up this paycheck that a big consulting yeah. firm is doing, and I'm actually going to yep. go back to school and kind of follow my passion that you had learned, you know, in, yeah. in volunteer and early career roles? It's always hard. Like, I can look back on it now, and I'm like, oh, this is so great, and here I am with a business. But I mean, at the time, it was terrifying, right? Like, I had student loans. I knew I was going to go take out more student loans. and I knew though that I needed to have passion for what I was doing. And I also knew that I could be better utilizing my skill sets. And I think Mm. that's like one of the most important things. It's when you know that you have a connection to like what your real skills are as a human being, both personally and professionally. And when you feel like you're living your values through what you're doing in your career too. And I knew that I wasn't and I wanted to make sure that whatever I did in my life, like my values were there with my career and also that I was utilizing my skills to the best of my abilities. And I think it's the worst thing when you're sitting in a job and you feel like you're really not using the skills and like the gifts that you were given to, you know, make the world a better place. So I think that's something everyone should really look at is are are you not only are you happy, but like, are you using your skills to the best of your capabilities? Yeah. And then it's one thing to like be in business school and do like the cool pitch and everyone applauds, (laughs) right? And you, you, you get the time to be like in an incubator in a lab. And then it's another thing to go out with, your co-founder and actually make a successful business. So Laura, (laughs) what was the hardest part about just getting off the ground with gifts for good? I mean, man, so many things. I feel like entrepreneurship is glorified. (laughs) It is not not a pretty thing. Like I always, I feel like people would be like, wow, you started your own company. Like this must be so fun. And then I don't think people realize, do you know what entrepreneurship is? You're sitting in a room, usually like alone for most of your day with no coworkers, but you have a passion for what you're doing, but you're working your butt off. I mean, it was years of work and work and calling and being on my computer for 16 hours a day and, you know, really building. Like the building phase is, it's fun. Like that's why I love it. It's fun, but it's hard as heck. And so I think, you know, people need to recognize if you're going to go out and start your own business, like it's hard freaking work. Um, But you have to, you also, if you have that passion, I think you can work through it, if that makes sense. So um, I think that's kind of how I was able to do it in the beginning stages because it's a lot of work. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, yeah. And and when was yeah. the moment that you realized, oh, we've arrived? Like we actually have an operating business. We're not just in startup phase anymore. It's such a fun transition when you kind of leave startup phase and you realize like, I actually have a small business. Like I have a real company. And I think that happened really in the last couple of years. Um, there's a couple things. I mean, we had a couple of just cool moments. And I mean, one of them was like, I had always dreamed of being a Forbes 30 under 30. And yeah. when we actually got on that list, like it was just incredible for the company. And it happened on Giving Tuesday, which for me was just like so perfect from a brand perspective. Cause it was like the day that we're trying to give as much as possible to charity. And like that got announced. And um, it was just a really amazing moment. Cause I think it didn't feel like it was just an award for me. Like it was an award for so many people that we were helping and yeah. enabled us to just really increase our giving so much more. Um, and then that year that followed was just amazing. Cause we came into COVID and I think we were really lucky as a company. I think we just had something that companies wanted to use too. Like big companies within our first year or two were buying from us. And like our first customer was Red Bull. And we had a woman reach out the week we opened our website. Like, hey, wow. I've been looking for something just like this. And you know, it's not always, it's not that it was that easy. It was just that I think no matter where someone worked, like whether they were in human resources or they were an event professional, they kind of had a need for what we were doing and making gifting more meaningful. And so I think um, one of the amazing things was when we probably hit like a million dollars to charity and we were just like, this is amazing. You know, not only were we able to grant wow. this much, but the coolest part about what we do is our chief impact officer. She's brilliant. She started like Tom Shoes Global Grip Giving Program. Um, scaled that one-for-one one model around the world. And somehow she was my first employee. But she wow. was just incredible because when she established the brand, she really thought about how do we measure impact at the product level for everything that we do. So one of the cool things is we really know how many people's lives we're impacting. And so it's not yes. just money to charity. It's you know tens of thousands of actual human beings that we could tell we were really you know changing their lives by giving them meals or you know providing them with housing. And I think that's when you know, you make it like the business that you built is not for you. It's for so many other people. And so those were, those were some cool moments, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, that's, history. Yeah. that's so, uh, so super, so super cool. Now tell me, Laura, when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> I actually really wanted to be a veterinarian. I have a dog now. And I, you know, had a dog before her too. So I've always loved animals, but um, I think it's probably like that caring aspect of me. My mom was a nurse and I grew up like volunteering around her and going to the nursing home. And I think when you see one of your parents kind of caring for other people too, it makes you want to care for something. And for me, that was animals. So yeah. And that's really <laughs> yeah. the through line right throughout your whole career is this whole sense of caring. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important. I think no matter what you do, I think caring for what you do is important. And of course, I know on Gifts for Good, there are many things that benefit our animal friends and family yes. as well. Yes, there um, are. <laughs> so Laura, let's talk a little bit about your brand as a leader and maybe even the mm -hmm. brand for Gifts for Good. Give me three words that describe brand Laura Hertz. Mm, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think when I was even establishing our company's values, I really thought long and hard about what that meant for like my own values just as a person yeah. and what I wanted to do 
in my career. So some of like our core values, I think empathy is so important for what we do. So that's always been just like a word that I've really held dear to me, um, both with like my personal brand, but also just running the company. And then I think also quality. And for me, I think what that really means is like quality, not just in like our relationships and our customers, but in our product as well. And so much in the impact space, you can find, you know, products that are honestly pretty cheap and fall apart, but aren't things that people really want to keep and use and have that kind of long-term value. And so when we were establishing the company, we said like, what do we want to make us different? We want to be premium gifts and we want to be gifts that give back. It's not a, you know, fair trade bracelet that's going to fall apart. It might be, you know, a beautiful thing that people are going to keep and use. Um, And so that's always just been very important. And then I think innovation too, just in in general um, with our brand and both my personal brand and, and like our brand are just really important. I think we need to constantly change and evolve just as a company and as brand. So I think those are probably three. Yeah, I love that. So it's empathy, quality, innovation. Talk to me a Mm -hmm. little bit about empathy, because I think we're clear how empathy shows up in terms of your product line and how you kind of deliver externally. How does empathy show up for you as a CEO? Mm, Yeah, that's a really great question. I feel like as a CEO, I think it's really caring for your employees and your customers. And it's so important, I think, to do that. Everything within our work, I think, really revolves around looking not just at like your organizations, but our cause partners. Like we have so many ways that we work with other people and impact other people in our work. And so I think we always really want to look at the impact we have both on like our larger communities where we live and operate. And, you know, the impact that we have just working with our coworkers day to day in the office and how you even interact. A lot of people don't look at their vendors as like their partners. And for us, like we really look at our vendors as our dear friends and our partners. And like, these are people who mean a lot to us too. And um, for them, we call them like our cause partners. And those are people where I think just our relationships with them are just core to really who we are and making sure that we can feel too that, you know, maybe we're closing a big sale, but it's not the best thing for the people on the ground because it's not giving them right the the money that they need to sustain themselves and sustain their operations and that can be sometimes ethical questions you have to ask when you run a company like ours where you're doing a lot of big corporate orders and you have to know I want to make sure when I close the sale like this is true to who we are as a business and if it's not like we might need to walk away and like we might need to not you know close the sale and so that happens sometimes yeah. And and talk to me because I know as an entrepreneur and certainly someone that went to yeah. you know business school, you're like, oh my gosh, we're walking away yeah. from a sale, right? But yeah. How is it that you kind of walk that line and can hold true to like your values and what the brand, not only of gifts for good, but but your own personal values are? Yeah. I mean, I think it's important. We've had a couple moments like that. It's not necessarily that we'll turn a client away. I think a lot of the times it's looking at pivoting them, if you will. So we have, we're lucky in that we have such a diverse supply chain and we work with over 70 different nonprofits and social enterprises around the world. So sometimes we've had a really big bulk inquiry for a specific product made in a specific country and it just wasn't in the best, uh, 
interest of our nonprofit or social enterprise partner to work on that type of order with them. And so when we realize that, I think we usually meet as a team and we kind of think, uh, how do we pivot this client? What products really would make sense in this capacity for this event or this company? And also really showcase, you know, their values. And so we often need to come up with new ideas and again, just like innovate, right? Like how do we innovate so that it's the best for our cause partners too on the ground? Um, And so we constantly do that, I think, as a company to make sure we, you know, we're not not closing a sale, we're pivoting a sale, right? And we're pivoting a client to have them also sometimes understand that like, this isn't in the best interest for the social impact. And like, if that's what you care about, here's what we want you to do. Um, and so it's fun kind of educating, you know, sometimes to like our customers, like they might be like, wow, I've never even thought about that. Or, you know, there's political unrest in Haiti and like, we can't close the sale right now. We're worried about bringing your product to the port. Like there are situations like that yeah. where you sometimes just need to be a human and kind of explain um, explain that in a business capacity, which is always interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I love that it's sort of like the intersection, as you mentioned, of empathy and innovation. So talk yeah. to me a little bit more about innovation, because I, it it dawns on me that when we think of, you know, initiatives for social good, certainly the nonprofit space, right? Social yeah. causes, we don't think of that as like, oh, that's where you go for innovation. So <laughs> how, how is it that you how is it that you sort of lead with innovation as an organization? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, I don't think people ever think of that when they think of the nonprofit field, but funny enough, I actually think nonprofits sometimes and social enterprises innovate more than anyone, especially when Mm. they're small businesses. So it's very cool to us because partnering with over 70 different nonprofits and social enterprises, you'll see all of these businesses every year, like innovating their product lines, innovating, you know, who they're targeting and their marketing. And you see that kind of constant innovation across all the small businesses that we work with which I always love seeing. But for us as a company, I'm trying to think like one of the key moments I think for us was probably during COVID when we really had to innovate like everyone. Um, (laughs) It's like, how how are you going to keep your business alive? Like what's going to happen with my fulfillment center? You know, you have all these, all these questions. Um, And we were super lucky that we were able to keep our fulfillment center open. We actually partner with Goodwill of Southern California for our fulfillment center. So we actually had our fulfillment center deemed um, as something that was actually allowed to stay open in Los Angeles, which we were very lucky. Like our operations didn't shut down. Um, And we always are very lucky that that was kind of the situation. But what we really did have to do was think about what was the impact on our business when all of these employees and clients started working from home. And luckily I had a husband who read like too deep into the Twitter feeds. The time. <laughs> and, and he was like, uh, Hey, this is going to be around for like two to three years is my estimate. And like, we're going to be working from home for a really, really long time. And I thought he was a little crazy. And then I start reading about it myself and I'm like, Oh my gosh, maybe you're right. And so I remember I just sat there for three weeks, like, what are we going to do when you can't get home addresses anymore? And all also when like charitable giving and supporting nonprofits is becoming more important than ever because we had physical products that supported nonprofits, but we didn't do a lot of like granting as an organization. Yeah. And so we ended up building this platform gift forward, which is actually what you use for your gift giving. Yeah. Um, and that allowed companies to send gifts through email to their employees and clients so they could enter their own home shipping address. And then they could actually choose what gift they want 
or give to a charity. So for example, you could choose a water bottle or a blanket or the option to give 200 meals or plant 50 trees. And this idea just like resonated with people across the board when they started using Get Forward for gifting. I mean, not only did it allow like employees and clients to actually pick something they wanted, so it was less wasteful, but a ton of people just didn't need the water bottle or the blanket. Like they wanted to truly give to a charity. And so when we launched this platform, we were able to increase like our direct grants to our nonprofit partners tenfold. And like, that's what enables us to do so much more giving and impact with our nonprofit partners. So I think that's something where like we innovated the business and now that's actually the majority of our revenue as a business, which is like crazy to think about. Yeah. Like, that's where the majority of our revenue comes from. And originally when we launched the company, we were just really an e-commerce storefront. We offered both consumer and business gifting, but we didn't have any sort of gifting platform. So, um, you know, you got to innovate and, and things evolve and then sometimes for the best, right? Like we were able yeah. to not only have more impact, but decrease waste and also have a new revenue stream. So I um, love that. Yeah. And that's of course yeah. why I started using gifts yeah. for good because <laughs> my husband and business partner, Joe was like, Oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? Like, how are we, we, we used to just send gifts to write the corporate headquarters totally. and people got <laughs> yeah. it through inner office mail. And he was like, Oh, I met this Laura gal one time from gifts for good. Like <laughs> as part of an economic development thing here in LA and like, we need to call her. So I love that story. And it's such a great example of, of how innovation is there and and how yeah. small enterprises can really capitalize because you can move quickly, right? You can move quickly, yeah. And it makes it easy. It's just like you could send a gift with someone's email address, which previously people put so much thought and they stress and they're like, how do I give a hundred people at a company the exact same thing? Right. So you have to think so much more about it now. And so I think there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, yeah. and love that you guys have been able to use it successfully for so many years. And I love working with you guys because you're so thoughtful too on the causes that you support, <laughs> which is another, it's another like fun part, right? Cause it enables you to like really speak to the values that you want in your gifts and the products and the give back. Uh, component of it too, which is fun. Absolutely. Well, we are a good brand fit, uh, our yes. organizations. So Laura, I know you've talked a lot mm -hmm. about sort of, you know, what drives you in terms of caring and giving back. How would you yeah. define sort of your mission or your core belief that's kind of driven you through life and career? I mean, I think really just relationships in general for me have really driven me through everything that I do. And I think um, that really is core to who I am also today. Like sometimes my coworkers will be like, stop asking so many personal questions. But like, I really, truly love working with our customers or working with our cause partners and just knowing the people that I work for and with and know where they live, know their kids' names, like know where they're headed on vacation. And sometimes, you know, they're really personal things that are impacting people's lives too. And um, I think that's kind of part of living kind of our values just as a company. And um, for me, I think no matter what age that I was at, that was always something that was just really important to me, whether it was just with my friends or, you know, starting out volunteering. It's like, what's your story? Who are you as a human being? And like knowing that we really um, get to know the people that we spend time with on earth, right? Like there's, there's limited time for all of us. And I want to make sure that I really understand um, the people that I spend my day with. And so I think that's something that's always guided me. Yeah. And, and one thing that is super cool about you is you've lived in all of these countries and you've traveled all around the world. How has yeah. that experience 
sort of impacted your point of view and the work that you do? Oh man, so much. I feel like it's it's so core to who I am and like my experiences. And um, I mean, it's different because every country has almost like a different impact on you. And I think about like different places that I've lived, like I lived in Spain or I lived in South Africa or I lived in Hong Kong. They they were such different places and different people, but I learned different things from all of them. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just like everyone's a human being again. And Mm. um, I think basic needs are just like the number one thing that always stood out to me when you're working on the ground. And and those basic needs differ everywhere, right? Like people assumed after Hurricane Katrina that like Americans were taken care of. And then I went down there and was like, oh my gosh, like this is America. Like people are living in trailers. No one has clean water. You know, people have these like visions of these things not even happening in our own country. And they often think that it needs to happen when you travel abroad. But, you know, the same type of basic needs are being met where whether it's in our own country, in our own communities, in our own backyard or abroad in, you know, South Africa or China, right? Like it's very different places, but you end up finding very similar things. Like people need help everywhere. Um, And so I think just again, like really thinking about how can you help human beings meet their basic needs is very important to me. And just what we do with our work at Gifts for Good, whether it's like food or housing or education, just like things that sometimes you take for granted, right? And most of the world doesn't have it. And so I think you learn that when you travel to any country or any community, it's you're impacted differently by how those basic needs might differ. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing to keeping people healthy and happy is having their basic needs met. Um, yeah. So. I love that. So I know we could talk all day, but I have some fun sort of closeout questions for you. We've been talking all about, (laughs) yeah, we've been talking all about your brand and the brand of gifts for good, but what is your favorite brand as a consumer? What, what can't you live without? I mean, I have always been a fangirl for Patagonia. I wrote about, I think I wrote like a 75 page paper in business school about Patagonia as a brand. Um, And I think I've always really loved how they really live just like their values as a company. Um, And that's something where I've really always looked up to them. I love that they have certain days where they like encourage shoppers not to shop with them, right? And not to go out on Black Friday and shop with them. And I love that they you know, repair things. Like I sent a jacket that was 15 years old back to their headquarters and actually like repaired my zipper, sent it back to me. And now I'm going to wear it for another, you know, 15 years or more, hopefully. So, um, I value when brands really, I think live their values like that. And also just deliver again, like quality products. Like those are freaking quality products. And I've always loved them as a company. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, just, it's such a great example of a company that, is defined as much by what they choose not to do, right? As what totally. they choose yeah. to do. I love that. Exactly. Now, Laura, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? My husband's like the car person, so I need him here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I would like have to be an electric vehicle or I wouldn't care about, <laughs> care about the planet. But I feel like I don't have one that you know is made from like upcycled auto parts yet, which is what I want to see, right? I mean... Man, I guess I love, honestly, I love my, my Subaru. My old Subaru was just like the best for getting out into the, into the woods though. And it was not an electric car. So I think I'd be, I might be a Subaru. <laughs> and, and that future electric Subaru type car, Exactly. Right? That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping for. 
Now, finally, Laura, what's the best career advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners? I mean, I guess I would say don't chase money. Like if your goal Mm. is money, you're only going to want more and you'll never be happy because I've seen that with too many people I know. And I think also don't chase success because I think like you get the exact same problem. Like you just want more. Um, Mm. And don't do what your parents want you to do because if it's not what you're passionate (laughs) about, you are not going to be in the right career. So I feel like my advice would be do what you love and what you're passionate about. And then I think you'll find success and financial freedom in that. So um, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's my advice. (laughs) Said the person that gave up looking at Excel spreadsheets to do good in the world. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Uh, But I still look at Excel spreadsheets all the time. So don't get me wrong, right? (laughs) Taxes, you know, the financial year end statements. I I still got to look at all that. can't get away from it, right? (laughs) You can't, you can't. There's still an Excel spreadsheet and everything. (laughs) Well, Laura, it's been amazing talking to you. Now tell us uh, if people want to learn more about Gifts for Good, where should they go? Yeah, they should go to giftsforgood.com or visit giftsforgoodhq as in headquarters on social media. Awesome. Well, it was great talking to you. Thank you for being on the show. Then thank you for helping connect all of our fabulous clients to the causes that are so dear to their hearts. Always. And we'll be back in a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an awesome conversation with Laura Hertz, the co-founder and chief executive officer of Gifts for Good. You know, Laura had such an interesting career path and what I just loved was that she was able to combine her talents, her passions, and all in a way that met the needs of the marketplace. And quite frankly, I want you to think all about how important passion is in your career and in your life. Now, let's face it, we're not all going to be an entrepreneur and be able to perfectly create a company that mashes up our passion with our skills and those market needs. But I want you to think about your job right now. While you may not have a custom job, I want you to think about the opportunity to work with your boss to tailor your job. How can you tailor your job around some of your passions and in infuse them in the work that you do, whether those are extracurricular activities or things that help drive the business by your focus on internal or external stakeholders that you have a passion point for. Maybe it's thinking about different side projects or things that you can bring to your team that you are super passionate about. You've got to find a way to weave passion into your work every single day. Now, 
The reality is, is you may have a job at some point in your career where you can't infuse all of that passion. So it's important that you feed your passions even outside of work. That's the value for things like volunteering. Go and serve on a board of directors. Become a skilled volunteer in a nonprofit organization or out in your community. If you live your life without passion, you're never going to be successful. Well, that's our show for you this week. I hope you loved what you heard. And if you did, make sure you are following us on iTunes and we will bring you brand new shows every single month. Now, make sure that you are completing your work with our Lead With Your Brand New Year Challenge as we kick off 2024. So visit us at jasonpatria.com slash new year. You can now listen to all five of our episodes that go through all five steps of the Lead With Your Brand system and down. Download your worksheets that will help you create your draft brand book that is going to drive how you show up and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough here in 2024. Now, for more info and insights, follow me on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. In fact, if you've got a question or something that you're dying to know about your own professional brand, let me know there and it'll show up. Up on a future show. But most of all, and most importantly of all, in your career, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.